welcome to the X-Files on the Grid podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 8, Ice. I am Rachel. I'm Tristan. Uh, so usually before we jump into the grid and start talking about, uh, you know, what works and what doesn't, um, I usually like to give a little bit of um, just kind of a background for the episode. And I think this was one of the first episodes I had ever seen. I don't remember yeah. exactly. Well, it's only the seventh episode or eighth episode, eight. so... But yeah, I know what you... But I didn't start yeah, with the you, pilot. that's right. You did start a little late. Yeah, Never mind. And I take I, it back. And I watched them all in syndication. I didn't watch them, sure. you know, because it was probably in, like, season five or six-ish when I started watching it, so I just started wherever it was in syndication, and I don't even think I watched them in order. It was just, if I missed a week, I missed a week, and whatever. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this was one of the first ones. It's certainly one of the earliest ones I remember. Um, and I was really excited to get to this one. Um, I think we're gonna have a lot of good things to talk about. How about you? Do you remember, have any, have any memories with this one? (laughs) Uh, speaking of memories, yes, I did. In fact, as soon as I knew this is the episode we're watching, I scored the memorabilia or I do that every time. (laughs) I don't have any memorabilia on this episode, (laughs) but I do have memories because it is very, memorable so for the (laughs) memorability category i scored it before i even started watching it again uh so on that note should we delve into the grid let's go all right uh so the first umbrella category is going to be writing and the first subcategory within that is going to be mythology character development Um, and this was um easily the lowest subcategory throughout the entire grid for me. It's definitely a really solid episode. I like the writing a lot, but as far as character development, we don't really learn anything new about the characters. And as far as mythology goes, like, yeah, we get some like alien subplot, or not even subplot, but there's alien mythos involved. Potentially, we don't really get any answers. That seems like the most likely explanation for what's going on is that there's this alien organism living in the ice. So, you know, that's kind of, nice and kind of fits in with X-Files, but it really doesn't build on any overall mythology or any um, character development. So I didn't dock at any points, but I guess I'll just wrap it up. I gave it five out of 10. It just met expectations for me. Yeah, that makes sense. I basically agree with you, but I gave it a seven out of 10. It solidly exceeds expectations. And uh, part of it is because uh, as far as character development, it's the first time we see Mulder and Scully, like, pointing guns at each other. I was going to talk about that in a later category, yeah, but Yeah, I'm yes. sure that's going to come up, because that, <laughs> that is something different. Yeah. So far, we've seen them sort of like, well, I'll sacrifice my evening plans because your evening plans are proving aliens or <laughs> closing the case or whatever. And this is the first one where they're, like, pointing guns at each other, like, and they have to, like, talk each other down and... Yeah, you know, you know me, you trust me. Uh, and then there's also, I think this is the first time that that there is something bigger and older and scarier than us. And it's our own drive to explore and to discover that unleashes it. Okay. If that makes yeah. any sense. That does make sense, yeah. And, I mean, we've seen earlier episodes where, like, okay, there's aliens. But it's not... It, it, it seems like this episode introduces a new feeling or a new theme. I could, yeah, I'll definitely talk about that yeah. in, in some of the later categories. I definitely agree with that. I, I, I yeah. agree that there's not much of conspiracy stuff, 
But I, I did bump it up a little bit. I gave it a 7 out of 10. All right, fair enough. Uh, so that's going to bring us to the next subcategory, which is going to be plot, structure, slash pace. Um, I'll let you go first on this one since I jumped in last time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not super sure how to score this one, but I gave it a 9 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, because I think it's really interesting how in a lot of episodes, uh, we know the end result before the characters do. Sure. And we're sort of waiting for them to, to, to figure it out. And on this one, I don't know who the bad guy is. I don't know who yeah. the good guy is. Maybe they're all bad guys. Maybe they're all good guys. Maybe this is all one big uh, misunderstanding. I thought that was really neat. And I thought that there weren't any like really slow parts. And there was never, there was never a moment where I thought, all right, this is happening. I'm going to get up and, you know, get a drink or go to the bathroom or something. It was always like, I, I really want to see every minute of this to, to figure it out for myself. Yeah. And I thought they did that amazingly well. In fact, I would say it was outstanding <laughs> how well they did that. What would you say for the plot structure and pacing of this episode? I, I also think it's outstanding. I gave it not quite as high as you, though. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. What I really like about it is pretty much what you were saying. Like, as far as pace goes, it is perfectly paced. Like, it just keeps you on the edge of your seat. You never quite know who to trust, who to, you know, even our even our main characters can be infected. Like, it's, yeah. not, it's not like, oh, well, we know they're the good guys, and, and it could just be everyone else that's you know, they're, they're the bad guys. And especially after, like, they figure out the cure, and then it's like, well, okay, now it really can be. Like, sure, it could be Mulder or Scully, because now they have a cure. We know they won't die anyway. And so uh, there's, like, this added, yeah. like, like man, it could just be anybody. Um, so they it really, I thought it did a really good job of just keeping you. And especially there's um, the, completely forgot the character's name, if I ever knew Fair. it to begin with. Not Bear, um, although his storyline was great, too. Um, the the guy... The geologist from San Diego? Or... No, no, the other guy. And not Felicity Huffman. Um, the guy who was, like, the uh, really... Mr. Paranoia. That's what... I, I actually have him as my note, in my notes as Mr. Paranoia. That makes sense. But that character, like, you would think throughout the whole time, like, oh, he's the one who's most on edge. Right. He's the one who's most threatening. He's the one who most suspects everybody else. Yeah. So surely it's going to be him. And then it's the person you least expect. And, you know, it's the person who is the most fearful and the most timid and the most in the background. And then she's the one who's who's infected. Um, so I thought that that played off really, really okay. well. <laughs> the look on your face, I something I said. No, I was just calculating how much I expected or suspected each yeah. person. Um, so in that regard, I thought it was perfect. The only reason I didn't give the, the whole subcategory a perfect 10 is because the plot structure is a little been there, done that. It happens to okay. be a, a plot structure that I, I really like, or a, a, a plot, maybe plot structure isn't quite the right word, but a subgenre almost of a like... bottle episode? Not quite a bottle episode, but very close. Okay. It's just that horror slash suspense thriller subgenre of here's a group of people and they're gonna get picked off one by one right. can't trust anyone like it's it's very it's a very classic i guess just a very classic type of 
murder mystery slash horror. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in that regard, like, it's not the most original thing in the world. And yet they, they pull it off really well. Yeah, and, that's true. Yeah. I've seen that done in several other shows. Even Futurama has an I, episode. I was just thinking of that episode, yeah. Where, yeah, where someone's like, I know who the killer is, and then the lights go out, and then the lights come back <laughs> on, and they have, like, a sword <laughs> through their chest. You know, it's kind of a combination in that regard of plot structure and genre, because it's kind of a, like I said, a, a very specific subgenre of murder mysteries, I guess, or or horror movies. Sure. So I don't know. So as far as the plot structure goes, it wasn't the most original in the world, um, but I still thought it was extremely entertaining. There weren't any plot holes. Everything made sense. The characters worked really well together or against each other really well, depending on what was called for. You know, there was just, right. there's a lot of good things going on as far as plot structure goes. So I still gave it outstanding, 8.5 out of 10. Okay. Sounds like we agree on that pretty much. Um, what did you think about the outer goals versus emotional needs? Uh, nothing really special with this category. The outer goals were definitely very clear, um, but there was no inner needs or emotional drive really for any of the characters, I thought. Yeah. I, I still gave it a 6 out of 10, whereas normally if there's no emotional need, I would probably give it somewhere in the between a 4 and a 5. Um, but I still knocked it up to a 6 because I didn't feel like this type of a plot necessarily needed a particularly strong emotional drive. Okay. Um, and there is so much... Like, it's not like this episode is devoid of... Devoid, that's not... It's not like this episode is void of emotions. That's the phrase I was looking for. Um, because it is very, it's very tense and very, it's all about the tension and the suspicion. So there's still, it's still driven by emotions, Okay. just not necessarily an emotional need or an emotional motivation. Right. It's not something outside of this episode. Exactly. It is the, the emotional source or emotional cause. Yeah. Okay. So, so I guess a six out of 10. That makes sense. I, I agree with that. Um, except I give it a totally different score. <laughs> I agree that there's not like long-term overarching, uh, emotional needs, but this one, this episode was very emotional. It seemed very emotional to me. Like, and, and this is the first time that, that we see Mulder like really freaking out and we see Scully like under all sorts of weird stress and weird pressure from different angles. Like she wants to trust, uh, Mulder, but then. There's all these other things going on. And then Mulder's like freaking out, acting all crazy (laughs) weird. So it's kind of hard to trust him, but she trusts him, but he trusts her. It's it's just a big, huge emotional mess. Fair enough. So I know that doesn't count as emotional needs, but, you know, if you sort of blur the lines and don't worry too much about the exact definition... Um, it, I think it does. And then the outer goals are super, super, super clear. Yeah, that's true. Is don't be killed and find out who's killing. Yeah. So I actually gave it a 9 out of 10 outstanding. Fair enough. And part of that is because that's just the kind of episode this is. It's very contained. It's very claustrophobic. It's it's find the bad guy, save the good guys. It's, it's a very certain kind of episode. Which is a pretty good segue into the next category, which is uh, genre cliches and tropes. What did you think about this category? Well, I keep talking about genre cliches and genre tropes, so I guess that's why I gave it a 9 out of 10. All right. <laughs> All you had to say? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess 
it's sort of a whodunit, like the, uh, what's that movie? Is it, is it Clue? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a comedy, so it's very different, but, you know, that's sure. been done in so many other series yeah. and formats. Um, I think there's even a Family Guy oh, I'm sure. like that, or a couple episodes I mean, it's a, that. It's a pretty easy yeah. genre to spoof, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's very clearly one of those. And uh, it sort of seemed like a bottle episode to me, which I only know that term from you and the uh, community episode. I was going to say, I don't think I knew that term until community. So. Yeah. So so it's like one small set and then everyone's like struggling with like emotional stuff and there's no outside stuff going on. But yeah, I give it a nine out of 10. All right. I gave it an eight out of 10. Um, a lot of it is is what the same kind of stuff I was saying for for plot structure and pace. What I find so interesting about about the way genre works specifically with this show, uh, I feel like most people when they think of X Files think of it as a horror TV show first and a sci-fi TV show second. Maybe switch those, maybe sci-fi and then horror, but those are the two. Like it's it is a sci-fi okay. horror show. I feel like that is how most people define it. And this is season one, episode eight. And I feel like this is the first horror movie or or horror genre episode we've seen. You know, we've had we've had sci-fi before this. We've had a lot of procedural stuff happening before this. Okay. Um, I guess we've had some uh, poltergeisty. There were a couple episodes. Um, but I mean, Conduit ended up being um, more about aliens than ghosts. And then uh, Shadows. Uh, Shadows. Um, but Shadows didn't really feel, it felt more like a, a supernatural episode than a horror episode, even though it was yeah, very, no one very was, poltergeisty. You know? None of the main characters were in danger. Right. So. Yeah. It was just more about, it was like a procedural with supernatural stuff, which is a lot of what X-Files is. Like it's yeah. in a lot of ways, X-Files is more procedural than anything else, but it never gets labeled as that. Huh. So anyway, so I thought that that was interesting that this was the first, what I consider to be the first horror episode eight episodes in when that's a genre that I think a lot of people associate with this show and I think a lot of the best episodes are either the horror episodes or the funny episodes Um, like I love the the meta funny episodes that are coming in later seasons but you can't go wrong with a good like straight up horror episode so I thought that they did that really well I think one of the biggest reasons that it didn't get a little higher than an eight um just goes back to the same stuff I was saying with plot structure where it's you know it's such a specific subgenre that you can't do that much that's new with it so I don't know I, I feel like I couldn't give it couldn't, couldn't give it too much higher than an eight just because it's so hard to be original with such restrictions with such a specific subgenre but I thought they did a really good job with it and um it was really entertaining, and uh, I don't know, it's just interesting to see the genre evolution of each episode and how there's different, because I feel like there's, like, three main types of episodes of X-Files. There's the, sure. like, there's Monster of the Week, there's Mythology ones, and there's the Funny ones. I feel like those are the three. I mean, the Funny ones are usually Monster of the Week. Yeah, there's but... very few of those. They come in yeah, it's, like, later. once a season, maybe and twice. there's, like, one writer who does basically oh, yeah. all of them. right. Um, but yeah, so those are like the three main types, but then I feel like with the monster of the week, things can get so specific with like, yeah, but there's the procedural ones, there's the sci-fi ones, there's the, you know, there's the horror ones. And so I think that, I mean, there's just, 
there are very few shows that can do so much with with many different genres. Like usually a show right. is one genre. That's probably why we reference community so much on this podcast is because that's also a show that plays around with a genre a lot in very different ways. Uh, yeah, but... it's very over the top and <laughs> yeah. very like, haha, look at us. Right, very meta about it. But yeah, very few shows can pull that off. So anyway, that was a quite a bit of a side rant there, but I just I love talking about genre. And this is an interesting episode when talking about genre. But anyway, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Okay. Again, we were pretty close on that one. What did you think about the dialogue? It was all right. I was going to give it a little bit of a lower score. I was thinking maybe a 6, maybe a 6.5. But then it seemed like there were a decent amount of lines that, that packed a little bit more of a punch, I guess, for one reason or another. I mean, there's like the opening scene of like, we're not who we are. And that's yeah. like the second I saw the title of this episode, I like played that scene in my head with that. Like, yeah. I think that is memorable and it's creepy. Um, so there's things like that. There's, there's funny line, like bear had some, some really funny lines, but was like, I'm not going to drop my cargo for anybody. Something like that about giving a stool sample. It was something like that. I have the exact wording in my notes, but I guess you beat me to it. Aw, Sorry. No, it's my fault for asking you instead <laughs> of just delving into it. Anyway, sorry. So, yeah, and then I also thought that just the the tension between Mulder and Scully was handled really, really well. Yeah. A, a lot of that came through the performances, but a lot of it came through the dialogue because um, it very easily could have just been like, well, of course they trust each other. It's going to be them against everyone else. And right. then it, it became them against each other too. And you really felt that tension, yeah. um, which I think a lot of that came through the dialogue. Um, so all of that said, I thought they, they did a lot of good things with the dialogue, but in every other way, it was pretty average. I don't want to say mediocre because the, the bar for X-Files is pretty high. They yeah. always have pretty decent dialogue. Um, so so within the realm of, of, you know, considering other episodes of X-Files, um, I gave it a, a 7 out of 10, which still is, exceeds expectations. Okay. But still, 7 is, is good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you think 7 is good, because I gave it a 7. All right. Let's start with that. And for a lot of the reasons you said, there was a lot of uh, pretty good dialogue that was very specific to the characters who said it, like with Bear, and the exact quote was, <laughs> I ain't dropping my cargo for no one, because they wanted him to like poop in a jar. Right. And that was his response, which <laughs> sounds like something that a pilot would say, because like the... The old guy who trained him to be a pilot made that joke one time, and like it just seems very natural for that guy to say that. Like sure. it would be weird if Mulder or Scully said that. Um, There's also another scene where Mulder and uh, Scully are talking about what to do, and Scully's like going over the bodies again to look for missing evidence, and talking about how they need to destroy the bodies and just just destroy everything, just end it all. Because I guess she just wants to go home and take a bath and go to bed. <laughs> just close out the case like usual. And then, like usual, Mulder's like, no, no, we got to study it. Like, this is so cool. This is awesome, isn't it? <laughs> it's so much fun. He's having so much fun. He's talking about, like, oh, no, we got to save it. we got to look into it. And Scully just says, no. <laughs> and it's just, no. <laughs> it's just like a tired, like... <laughs> Like when you see people who've been married for like twenty or thirty years, and someone says something, and the other's like, "No," and 
there just seems like so much history behind yeah. that simple no like she knows what he's gonna say yeah no. <laughs> i don't know there was something just so perfect about that one word that one line and i didn't know which category to put this under but i thought that everyone was very unique had their own way of talking about things especially uh mr paranoia which <laughs> yeah. is in my notes, like I said. Uh, yeah, he's straight up paranoid from the beginning. And he's right. straight up paranoid till the end. Like, the last words that he says to Mulder and Scully while he saunters off off the scene. <laughs> yeah, he's Mr. Paranoia. And Bear's Bear, and the toxicologist is doing her thing. And yeah. So I, I, I thought that was really cool how everyone had their own very clear, very unique personality. And that really came through with dialogue and other things, but I scored it under dialogue. So I gave it a seven out of 10 as well. All right. Uh, so that's going to wrap up everything for the writing category. What was your total overall? 8.2 outstanding. Wow. I agree with. That's quite a bit higher than mine, which is unusual. Uh, mine came out to a 6.9, which is a oh. pretty right in the middle of exceed expectations, which I feel that seems about right. Okay. So that's going to bring us to the uh, next umbrella category, which is going to be technical. Um, the first subcategory being acting and casting. Uh, do you want to jump into this one or should I? Uh, you can start this one. <laughs> All right. Um, I gave it fairly high. I definitely loved um, just the, the casting of all of the other, the other four characters that were in the episode, um, and we've got Felicity Huffman as the toxicologist, which I thought was um, just great. I, I haven't seen her in that much, but I like her and everything I've seen her in. And I think she's a, a phenomenal actor. Um, I thought she was great in this. Um, so that's always fun. Uh, that's one of the great things about X-Files is seems like every other episode is like, oh yeah, that person's in this. Yeah. Um, this is only the second time in eight episodes that we've seen that. I've had it with Seth Green, with Deep Throat, and then now with this episode. And then there's, I always forget his name, the guy from Ally McBeal. He was in this too. Oh, what? The Biscuit or something like that? Yeah. Oh, man. That, <laughs> wow. All right. I got to readjust my score, maybe. That's why I was like, oh, yeah, that guy. I forget his name, though. Um, I could easily look it up, but I'm not going to. But, yeah, so I thought it was great, you know, seeing, feel like that's one of the fun things about X-Files, especially the early episodes. So that was great within this category. And then just the the performances overall, particularly, um, I thought Julian Anderson and David Duchovny did a phenomenal job oh, yeah. of, of just that that tension and really feeling like, like, oh, boy, like, this is this is tense. Like they really yeah. uh, like the scene where they're pointing guns at each other. And it's like, we don't know if they're infected or not, but either way, this could go badly because there's just so much tension. Um, and then the scene you were talking about where they're, you know, have very different opinions on what they should do next. Right. Um, so their performances were just, just phenomenal. Um, so I gave the acting and casting, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10 outstanding. All right. Yeah. I pretty much agree with that. Uh, David Duchovny, was really good at just being paranoid and crazy and weird. And he, I mean, he, he probably has a parasite in him. <laughs> and then uh, Jillian Anderson was like pointing guns at people and screaming at people. And like, she probably has a parasite in her. And you got the toxicologist who, ah, she didn't do much, but that's what I would do if I had a parasite in me. So she probably has a parasite in her. <laughs> 
And then uh, you got Mr. Paranoia, like from scene one, act one. He probably has a parasite in him. <laughs> bear, I mean, he's bear. We've all seen how he acts. He probably has a parasite in him. <laughs> that dog probably has a parasite. It's like everyone. Everyone's suspect. Like, that was amazing acting. What about Biscuit? Oh, yeah, he probably has a Biscuit. <laughs> he's all trying not to draw attention to himself, and he's putting his... Listening to his music like some sort of child while his parents argue in the <laughs> in the room next door, and then he did that thing where he like slit his own throat to draw suspicions away from himself. He probably has a parasite. <laughs> yeah, I thought the acting was amazing, especially since I don't think we've seen this before from Mulder and Scully. Oh yeah, not like this. Yeah, and 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 the casting, everything just outstanding, which is why I gave it a nine out of ten. All right, fair enough. Uh, what about cinematography? Um, cinematography, there weren't many things that jumped out as amazing or terrible, but there were a few times when people were walking back and forth and like pacing around each other, and then the camera also did that, and it adds yeah. to the attention and, and the feeling of claustrophobia. And just It's such an enclosed space, and you don't know who who to ally with and who to trust and who's going to backstab you. And, and I thought it did that very well. So I gave it a seven out of 10 exceeds expectations. All right. Mostly for the camera movements. Yeah. That was pretty much my thought as well. I, I really liked, uh, I really liked the camera movement throughout. Um, and I thought that the opening scene was shot really well. Like it just had like, you know, a lot of it was in darkness. It was really, yeah eerie and, and I just have that classic X-Files creepiness to it. Um, so I thought that was was particularly good. And there was a lot of the really high contrast, you know, super dark shadows with more light kind of right. stuff. Um, so, so I thought that the cinematography was really good. And had this not been an episode of X-Files, I would have given it probably like an eight. <laughs> but because of the high sure. bar, even even with only eight episodes, even just looking at the eight episodes we've seen so far, I, I don't know that I could necessarily say it exceeds expectations um, because the cinematography is always so strong with X-Files. So I gave it a six out of ten. I thought it was good, but has a has a really high bar. And, and I don't think it was quite, um, don't think it quite exceeded expectations for an episode of X-Files. So I gave it six out of ten for that. Okay, sounds like we're pretty close. So what did you think about the editing and special effects? I wasn't too sure about this one. What did you think? Kind of similar to cinematography. It was, um, it was fine. <laughs> it was, yeah. uh, the, the special effects, um, I think this was the first episode where we see some special effects. It's like, ooh, this is early 90s yeah. trying to do CG. But that's not really its fault. It was doing the best it could with what it had. You know, like that was was state of the art at the time, I'm sure. So yeah, I I gave it a six out of ten. Like I thought the I guess the pace of the editing was really nice. And I think that that contributed to okay. uh, like the tension, particularly in the last act when it's like, well, Scully gets locked in the closet and then oh no, I'm gonna have that South Park episode in my head. Um Scully gets <laughs> locked in the closet and then uh you know it's like the other three people are like trying to get the trying to get the worm in Mulder's ear and then they're like oh no it's the girl we gotta get it in Felicity Huffman's ear and turned like I, don't know, I thought the, the editing in that scene was was 
high pace in a good way, like very right. quick edits, but it's done in the right way. Not noticeably annoyingly quick. Edits. Exactly. And not to hide, you know, it's not like it was a fight scene and they're like, okay, let's hide the yeah. fact that they're not really fighting by just adding a bunch of edits. Um, like, right. it, you know, it really felt like it, um, you know, helps the pace and helps the tension and, and kept the momentum going. So in that regard, I thought the editing was was good, but for the most part, nothing really stood out. So I gave I, this is this was another six out of ten for me. It was good, but nothing that I can really say exceeds expectations. Yeah. Okay. That sounds that sounds fair. Sounds about right for me. I also had a hard time with this one because it's editing and special effects, and I have rather different scores for them. So the special effects, there's two things that really stood out. And not in a good way. One is the worm in a jar. Yeah. It was very bad. CGI. Which I usually try to, you know, remember that it's 1993. But it just, it was a little distracting. And it was weird because whenever there was the worm outside of the jar, it was a practical effect. I think it was mostly like an actual worm. It was like a mealworm, yeah. Yeah. Like, why, why could they not do that with the worm in a jar? Like, I know it wouldn't be uh, perfectly buoyant and stay in the center, but well, actually, you could find some way of doing that. Something like that, I think. Well, it would kill the worms in real life. Well, first of all, it's a worm. Who cares? Well, but it wouldn't be writhing around like that. It would just be floating. Yeah, the, the buoyancy, that's the thing that I think yeah. prevented them from doing that. But I don't know. You could you could do that somehow. Like, put it in a, in a, in a container and have the camera on top looking down and yeah. then record that and pretend that it's a side thing. Like, like in, like in the old, uh, Adam West Batman, when they're climbing <laughs> up the building and it's like, Oh sure. wow, they're climbing up the building. It's like, no, they're walking on the floor and the camera is at 90 degrees. You could do something like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know why they didn't. Maybe they tried it and it looked terrible, even worse than what they ended up with. And, and, and again, it's 1993. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm usually okay with that kind of thing, that kind of stuff, but it just really bothered me in this one. So I knocked it down a bit for that. And this is the first time that I noticed something that I've seen quite a few times in the early episodes where there's the outside scene. Oh, yeah, the establishing shot. Yeah, the establishing shot. And it's clearly a single frame that they loop 30 times a second for five seconds. Yeah. And then they put something else on top of it, in this case, snow particle effects or whatever. Right. I don't know why they did that. I don't know if that's well, they cheaper. Didn't, they didn't, yeah, because I'm sure it's cheaper. They didn't actually go to the snow, I'm sure. No, but the, the having a having a single frame that you play for a few seconds. Why not just record for five seconds? Because I'm sure stock footage is cheaper for a photograph than for footage i would imagine yeah maybe it is cheap i'm sure it is cheaper but that was distractingly bad yeah and that's something that i mostly notice in early x-files episodes no other tv shows and not later episodes but that this is the first time that i noticed it and yeah it, it lost a few points for that fair enough so special effects lost a few points but editing gained a lot of points because, like you said, like the action, the intense things were very intense, felt very action-y without being like distractingly like cut, 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 cut. 
so overall, the two balance out, and it gets a five out of ten. Seems about right. Uh, how about how about sound and music? So I did notice a few little background music things that I don't think I've heard before in previous episodes of X Files that were just very creepy, uh, like organically creepy. I don't know, like Cam. creepy crawly, like the sounds of thousands of millipedes or something. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what it is. Okay. I'm not a sound guy, but <laughs> this was definitely creepy sounds. Yeah. Creepy music. Um, so I bumped it up for that. I give it a 7 out of 10. All right. I give it a, a 7.5 out of 10, um, largely because I didn't actually notice any music in this one, which I think is the first time um, that that's been true of an X-Files episode, okay. which I considered, I considered docking points for that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think this was the the plot and the tone of this episode is such that I think silence can be really powerful. Um, and whether it was yeah. actual silence or just perceived silence, because there was other stuff going on that took my attention, I'm not sure. Um, probably a combination of both. But there was a, a little bit more silence than I think we normally get. That's true. And um, and I thought that it just, um, the the soundscape, I guess, was was pretty subtle, but contributed to the to the tension and to the creepiness in, in fairly nice ways. So I gave it a 7.5, largely because I, I didn't notice a ton going on with this episode, which I think worked. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Because the, the creepy crawly music I heard was mostly uh, in the intro and yeah, I think maybe a little bit in the beginning, but but it was it was very sparse, or at least it seemed very sparse. So yeah, that's a good point. And that is very fitting. Okay. What did you think about the aesthetics? Apparently, I really liked it. I gave it a pretty high score. (laughs) Um, I did like, I mean, this is definitely one of those episodes where they're not like in their suits the whole time, which normally (laughs) in these early episodes tends to get lower points because it's it's so 90s and just loses that timelessness. And yeah. I try not to, to dock things for being made, you know, it was made in 93, but it, it is yeah. what it is. Scrolling um, with her uh, mom jeans. Her <laughs> exactly. Uh, but this one I thought had a, had a decent balance. I mean, you've got Scully in like a baggy flannel shirt, but it wasn't too obnoxiously 90s and got their big coats on for a lot of the episode. And um, so that seems fitting. And I did like the like the set designs, like when Scully goes into her room and it's just like Playboy and ridiculous yeah. posters on the wall. It's like, well, it was a bunch of guys going to the middle of the Alaskan wilderness for who knows how long. I guess that makes sense. So just things like that I, I thought were pretty appropriate. Um, still seems I gave it an 8.5 out of 10, which kind of seems a little bit high, but... I'll go with my, I feel like there were maybe a couple things I could have bumped up a little bit. Like I feel like maybe cinematography probably could have been a little higher. So I'll, I'll consider it a wash and it'll yeah. even out. I'll leave it at the 8.5. Um, but yeah, I guess that's about it for my thoughts. All right. 8.5. Well, I guess I thought, uh, I guess I thought very similar to what you thought because I gave it a nine out of 10 and I don't quite remember why as well. <laughs> I do have a note. It says sets, props, clothes, hair. Which <laughs> Just is listed. The, the yes. Yes. Not I makeup, de- but I everything else. find what aesthetics <laughs> is, and that's my notes. But 9 out of 10. And yes, I do 
recognize how ridiculous that is. I mean, that's basically what I did. At least you left a note. Yeah. Um, all right. So that, uh, that wraps up the technical category. What was your total score? 7.4 exceeds expectations, which this is a, yes, I agree with that. (laughs) Despite the low editing special effects, the acting and casting and aesthetics really uh, made up for it. What did you get? Actually, I got a a 7.3 out of 10. Um, pretty much the exact, uh, exact class as you. Yeah, this is just a, it's a strong episode and it, uh, it exceeds expectations. So memorabilia. Every time. Every time. <laughs> memorabilia. How much memorabilia do you have? I, I have none. All right. How about memorability? I gotta say, I'm gonna cut you off. I just asked you a question, but I'm gonna cut you off. Sorry, that's what I get for taking a sip of wine. Yeah. Uh, I gave this a 10 out of 10 before we even started watching it. Because it's a 10 out of 10, I, I don't even know how to back it up. I mean, I don't really it. have to for this category, yeah. Yep, it's totally subjective. I remember it. I love it. It's great. What did you give it? All right, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Um, it's definitely, definitely a memorable episode. Definitely one, like I said, as soon as I saw the title of the episode, I can like play the mm-hmm. whole first scene and, and know yeah. all the plot points. Um, I didn't give it a perfect 10, largely because I feel like there are other episodes that that pack a little bit more of a punch when it comes to memorability. And I've also seen this episode several more times than I have like, Oh, yeah. uh, pretty much just all of season one I've seen way more times than any other yeah. season um, so I feel like it had a little bit of an unfair advantage because I've seen it many times but still 8 out of 10 exceeds expectations it's very memorable and for all the right reasons it's, it's just a, a really well done episode and, and easily one of the top ones of season one aside from the pilot which is easily going to be the top of both of our lists I'm sure well um, for me, it got 101 out of 100 points, so I think it's going to be the pilot. Yeah. It's probably going to be. Although this one, as well, is definitely one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, and certainly for season one, it's just it's just a good one. It's really there's one other one that's coming up a little later, yeah, and I squeeze is. squeeze is also really memorable, um, which we already did, of course. Um, so there, I mean, season one has a lot of good monster of the week episodes. So, so it is saying something that this one, for both of us, is one of the more memorable ones and one of the higher quality ones as well in, in every category of the grid, I think. So yeah, really the only thing keeping it from a perfect 10 is what I know is coming up and, and, and because I've seen this episode so many times. So 8 out of 10 for me. Okay, that still exceeds expectations. That's pretty good. Yeah. How about overall enjoyment? Did you... Did you enjoy this episode? I did enjoy this episode. I, um, similar to memorability, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. And again, I would have given it much higher, or I guess not much higher. 10 is not that much higher than 8.5, but I would have probably given it a 9.5 or a 10 if I didn't know what's coming up. And so particularly some of those funny episodes I was talking about, um, I feel like I'm I'm really saving those perfect 10s for for those episodes that I know I just love so much. Which we, we've got a ways till we're getting to any of those. Uh, oh, yeah. First one's like halfway through season two, I think. But that was the, that was the big re- biggest reason that I didn't give it higher. Um, and again, I think it just goes back to 
X-Files has a high bar for those perfect tens. Right. So I didn't want to just, just throw it out there as a, as a perfect 10. Um, but still 8.5. It's easily one of my favorites of season one, possibly one of my favorite specifically if we're just talking monster of the weeks at, at excluding the comedic ones, uh, it's probably one of my favorite top 10, probably um, okay. non-comedic monster of the weeks. <laughs> Wow. Like I said, there's a lot of sub subcategories yeah. for X Files, but that's a pretty that's actually a fairly wide subcategory. Sure. Non comedic monster of the weeks is like half the episodes, if not more. Um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like relative to X Files, it's this score, but relative to everything else that was on TV in 1993. Oh yeah, then it would probably a 10 be out of 10 or nine. 9. Yeah, 5. I was gonna say nine point five maybe. Um, so what was your overall enjoyment then i thought this episode was outstanding i gave it a good solid nine out of ten it's really really good at what it sets out to do i really like that i don't know who the bad guy is there's so many shows not just within x-files but within other shows where like the audience knows what's going on before the characters do and on this one i did not know what was going on like, maybe Mulder is infected. I don't know. He kind of right. seems like it. Yeah. On the other hand, Mulder's a weird, crazy dude. <laughs> maybe he's just weird when everyone's pointing guns at him and accusing him. It turns out he is. So, yeah, I thought that was... Uh, it's, it's just really enjoyable. Not like like the fun, like, hey, let's hang out have a good t- time and watch uh, Season 1, Episode 8, Ice of X-Files. Like, it's not fun like that, but it's very I don't know. I, I would do that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I wouldn't... I probably I wouldn't, wouldn't ask others to do that, but if someone asked me to, yeah, I would. I would probably phrase it more like, you want to come over and watch X-Files and then just play this episode. Yeah. I don't think I would say, do you want to watch season one, episode eight, Ice? That's a little too nerdy. <laughs> I would say yes, though. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think we both agree this is... Very enjoyable. Absolutely. It's not the funniest, but it's 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 a good solid episode. It's just it's just so darn enjoyable. It's outstandingly enjoyable. How about extra credit? Did this get any extra credit? It did. I gave it two points of extra credit. Uh, two full points or two half points? Two full points. I do what? full points for TV shows. Oh, okay. Because I feel like I'm, for whatever reason, I'm much more stingy with extra credit for TV shows. So I've been doing the full points. So so the first point I gave, uh, which is something you mentioned already, is that this is the, the first time we see Mulder and Scully pull their guns on each other. Which is going to happen again. Um, but Turns this is out the, fans like to see that. I mean, it's good entertainment, I guess. And uh, you got to love the tension. And the gets the blood pumping or something i don't know but sure. it's uh, I, I that's all i have to say about it i guess uh but so so i gave it a what? point of extra credit for that what more can you say apparently nothing because that's all i could think of yep. <laughs> um, and then the other point of extra credit um is this episode did something that is one of my favorite things the x-files episodes do and that is that it took something that's weird and happens in nature and is a real thing oh yeah and then like just took it to the umph degree to make it something crazy but there's um the the parasite like what it does to people is very similar to uh toxoplasmosis 
yeah. uh, which is the the cat parasite, um, which in humans, you know, probably doesn't uh, do that much. Uh, you know? Except it does. I mean, not like this. No, not like this. But like people who have it are much more likely to get into car accidents, for example, because they'll drive recklessly, um, things like that. Like it, yeah. it basically limits fear and, and potentially enhances aggression um, because it infects mice mm-hmm. and then the mice get stupid and allow cats to eat them because they're stupid because right. of this parasite. And then the cat gets the parasite and then that's how people get it is through cat poop. So always wash your hands after cleaning the cat box. That's why pregnant women are not supposed to exactly uh, do anything. With... <laughs> but yeah, so I thought that that was was really interesting that there's this real parasite that affects like half the world's population, but like there's really no reason to ever get like a diagnosis for it or anything because it doesn't hurt you. It just potentially makes you more reckless. Yeah, yeah, uh, it does. It does. Uh, I've I've actually. Looked, looked that up a lot because it, it is super fascinating. Uh, apparently, if you have like a RH negative blood type, that's where it really screws with your reflexes. So if really? you're uh, trying to be a, an airplane pilot or maybe it's like a truck driver, like they'll screen you for that if you have that blood type. Because only if you have that blood type does it really mess up your reflexes. Huh. And it turns out in women... Uh, Women who have that are are perceived as being more outgoing and more fun, and they are more liked. Whereas men who have it uh, are perceived as being more aggressive and just kind of an asshole. Huh. Interesting. Uh, but anyway, how about you? Any extra credit? Yeah, extra credit. I also gave it to uh, two two points. All right. First of all, I'm really weird about this, but it always it always uh, I always think it's kind of funny. When you have like animals who are in an episode and you have to like train them to do something. So in this episode, they had a dog and they had to train the dog to pretend to attack someone. Sure. Which is just just very silly <laughs> to me because, I mean, this dog was not actually attacking anyone because they would never do that. <laughs> and then they also trained this dog to basically play dead and like lift up its arms and legs and roll it around and like <laughs> mess with it because I'm I'm pretty sure that was an actual real living dog, not not a prop. I don't it looked know. way too good to be a prop. But I anyway, know. I thought that was I don't know, for some reason anytime I see an animal interacting with people, I'm like, that took forty hours of training. <laughs> yeah. And for some reason I think that's very funny, so I get a point for that. And then um, like I mentioned earlier in the very beginning, this is, I think, the first episode where it's it's not really hubris, but it's, I guess maybe it is hubris. It's, it's our own drive to explore and to understand and to seek out new things yeah. that, that opens Pandora's box. And, and we're looking into things, we're drilling into ice cores, and it's like, well, there's actually things that have been around for millions of years longer than us. Right. And things that uh, came from outer space. And this is the first time where that that's really the bad guy. The bad guy is, I don't even want to call it a bad guy because they're just doing their thing. But it's, it's our own need to explore that 
exposes us to the bad guy. Makes sense, yeah. Which I think is a really neat idea, which is also kind of weird because I love science and X-Files, I think, as a series, X-Files loves science. But then there's all there's this there's always this like well you got to be careful I don't know what to make of that <laughs> but I give it an extra credit so those are my two points of extra credit. All right, so what does that bring your total score to? The total is eighty-eight point five outstanding, which yes, this is an outstanding episode. All right, I was a little bit lower than you. I gave it a seventy-eight point seven five. Uh, exceeds expectations is, is only a couple points away from getting to that outstanding range. I feel like that's fair though. I'm definitely I try to keep um, keep my expectations contained to X Files because, uh, like I said, with a couple of these categories, if, if this was not if, if I wasn't limiting it to my expectations of an episode of X Files, it was just yeah. expectations for for media in general for for TV uh, forty four minute. Exactly, yeah. uh, particularly of that time period. You know, if I if I put uh, more constraints on it in that regard, or less constraints, I suppose, however you want to look at it, um, then it would it would easily be in that outstanding range. You know, probably probably in the nineties. Like it would be it would be up there because I, I really like this episode and it's really enjoyable, really well structured, really well acted. Like it's just across the grid. It's it's really a strong episode. Um, but some of the scores did get, um, you know, in the five to six range, um, just because of, of of what we've seen already and what I know is to come, and and yeah. just the expectations in general of what I expect out of a good episode of X Files. So so that's largely why it's a little bit of a lower score. But this is, like I said before, aside from the pilot, one of the best um, season one episodes. Oh yeah, you know this and, and Squeeze probably. Um, you know, very high up up there. And a couple that are still to come are going to be pretty high as well. But yeah, this is one I was, I was really excited to get to and I was really excited to talk about it. And um, yeah, and, and it's just good one to watch, good one to talk about. Uh, it was exciting. I guess that's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, well um, said. Thank you. <laughs> uh, was there anything else you would like to add about season one, episode eight, Ice? I ain't dropping my cargo for no one. Well said. All right. (laughs) Sounds like that is going to wrap up this episode. Uh, So we will be back next week to talk about season one, episode nine, Space. Um, Until then, if you would like to uh, check out our Patreon account at patreon.com slash gritty films, gritty spelled G-R-I-D-D-Y films. That would be super awesome. You can also uh, subscribe and like and review all that good stuff. uh, This podcast over on iTunes. And if you'd like uh, to check out our movie review uh, podcast, we also have uh, nitty gritty reviews on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. So check it out and we'll see you next week.